The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, season is over. And so that also means we've reached the end of the road for Broadcasting the Boys. So this will kind of conclude Broadcasting the Boys, but certainly we will keep you up to date here on the Blogging the Boys network of what we have in store for you for the podcast network throughout the offseason. Roy White on Twitter at RW3. I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. Roy, when we started this podcast before the season started, I thought, I think we both would I think we both would agree that if we did this podcast here today on January 6th, January 7th, there'd be just be no way this team went six and 10, right? Yeah. A lot changed between what our expectations were for this team in July and what they wound up being. Now, quite a bit of that was due to the copious amounts of injuries they had to incur and ultimately try to overcome. I think that if even a few of those maybe don't happen, including at least one key one to the quarterback, they probably win this division. And we're doing at least one more week of shows based on the fact that we're talking about them taking on a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. But that is not the way it played out. Uh, A fitting end, quite honestly, for what was the Cowboys 2020 season in that they had a chance – even still to get to the playoffs, it wasn't a big one and they were still going to need help, but they had to do their part first and they still couldn't do their part to get the job done, to even give them a chance. Now I think most Cowboys fans are ultimately thankful for that, for that fact, because then after the debacle on Sunday night football that the Philadelphia Eagles put out there, in pretending to care about a football game and care about winning it for two and a half quarters. So let me ask you something. Uh, let's stick, let's stick there real quick. Cause I mean, that's obviously been a huge topic this week or your thoughts on that. I don't have any problem with what they did. Now <laughs> here's something, here's something you have to I understand. Okay. I love it. I don't either. Tanking cannot be done by the players. Okay. So when they're asked about a tank job, they will never respond and should never respond affirmatively. Right. Because they are not playing for the jersey, especially the players at that point of the season with those Philadelphia Eagles. No. Many of those players on that field are getting cut 
or going to be going to another team or perhaps out of the NFL entirely. Yeah, they're playing for the name on the back of the jersey. So they are playing for their lives, their livelihoods, their family's well-being. So you can never think that players are going to go out and tank. So, Ari, it falls on the decision makers. It falls on the coaches and the ownership group to take it out of their hands. How do you take it out of their hands? You put the worst players out on the field. You claim that it's because of injury concerns or perhaps just the way they're playing in the moment, or maybe you want to get a guy some extra reps. It doesn't matter because you're the one that has to face that criticism, right? And you're the one that should. If I'm Howie Roseman, I'm thankful that, and if I'm Jeff Lurie, I'm thankful that Doug Peterson was able to stand up there and take that heat. Yeah, they took a lot of heat from all over the NFL. Yeah, but let's I mean, not pretend teams don't set themselves up in the final week of the season based on either their playoff position or the fact that they don't have a playoff position. This is nothing new. Right. So don't act surprised, even if it happened in prime time. Well, I mean, and if you're the Giants, like you went six and ten. <laughs> oh, you have no claim. Right. You have no claim what? to be upset. You have no claim for fraudulence. Joe That's Judge the part that little, pisses me off the most. Yeah, Joe Judge. And, and this is why it actually, I think the Cowboys fans, based on what happened on Sunday, they actually wound up in the best position of any team in the NFC that didn't make the playoffs because they could laugh at the Giants' fate and self-righteousness for claiming that somehow they deserved an Eagles team that would should have put their best effort out there. And we got to watch the Eagles team. That was the absolute best embarrassment of the entire nfl i mean yeah the redskins won the division the, the washington football team won the division i can't believe i've done that for an entire year it's but all right you'll probably still do it next year they're gonna lose to the bucks in the first round and for that cowboys fans you know as bad as the season went you could argue it still was better than the giants or the eagles by the way i'm not sure that washington's gonna lose and also washington may kill tom brady they might, but is Alex Smith going to make it through the game when their coaching staff is already talking about the idea of swapping out quarterbacks? One of the great, I, one of the great playoff rivalries of all time. One of those great matchups of two iconic quarterbacks. Oh yeah. Uh, on one side, the goat, pig number one ninety nine, Tom Brady. No, Alex Smith number back. one. Say what? And Alex Smith, number one. That's yeah, right. On one side, the GOAT, the number one overall pick. On the other side, the old guy, <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> that quarterback oh, matchup, though, not as good as the the very highly anticipated Mitchell Trubisky-Drew Brees matchup between two legendary quarterbacks. That game is an interesting one. The Saints have looked a little bit vulnerable to me. Now, they have the defense, I think, to hold themselves up. But, you know, and they are playing the Chicago Bears, which – for the most part, has has proven to be a bit of a mirage to me in the 2020 season. I know they've had some big wins. Oh, no, no. But I don't believe they've had many wins over significantly good football teams. And the Saints, with Drew Brees at quarterback and their defense, they are a good football team. All right. Um, So the Cowboys do finish 6-10, and a major disappointment of the season based, obviously, on – 
um, the, the injuries. Um, so what's the first move of the off season? Well, I think the first move to appease the fan base is coaching changes and, you know, not just to appease the fan base. That's the first move that everybody makes. And I think maybe all of us are still a little bit surprised to be sitting here on Thursday and find that Mike Nolan is still the defensive coordinator. So does, does that happen as we head into the weekend? I think it probably does. So you, um, meant to say signing Dak Prescott. I know you did, but that's okay. Um, so <laughs> well, I'd I love th- for that. I would love for that to be the first thing and the number one priority. Make no mistake about that. It is because until they figure out that signing, they really can't make many decisions in regards to what they're going to do in free agency. But as for right now, this week, I think coaching changes are coming. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe we can record since, so we're recording this podcast on a Wednesday night. So I was thinking maybe we can kind of record two different, like, Oh, Hey, the Cowboys, it's Thursday. The Cowboys signed Dak. Oh, yay. Ooh, isn't that fun? And then we can do one that's like, Oh, they need to sign Dak just in case, you know, since, I mean, I feel like at any minute yeah. they should be signing Dak. Yeah. That's a dream. Uh, you could, you like can go 30 to sleep minutes right ago. Now. They should sign Dak. Yeah. You can go to sleep right now and keep dreaming if you want to, but. It ain't going to be any different by the time you wake up and this podcast gets posted tomorrow. (laughs) No chance. Zero chance. Zero. You, I mean, is this a, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, right? So do you think he ends up playing 2021 on franchise tag? I think they take it down to the wire again. Do they get it done before free agency begins in March? No. Will they have it done between now and the NFL draft? Doubt it. Okay. Jerry Jones this week on his radio show on 105.3, the fan, the home of the Cowboys, said that Dak has afforded himself more leverage almost than any deal he's ever encountered. Dak has as much leverage as anyone can possibly have. Jerry said, we got to get it together in terms of the negotiations. That to me, and I know Jerry likes to play coy and play possum, and sometimes he's just talking out of his you-know-what. <laughs> but in this case, he actually said something very truthful. Despite the fact that Dak is coming off of an injury, he still has all the leverage because if he does nothing, he's going to make $38 million and – that's going to significantly hinder the Cowboys' chances of improving their team for 2021. If they don't sign him long-term, then all they did was shoot themselves in the foot, right, by not giving themselves the best opportunity to win when they had him. So, yes, again, as we played all last season, right, before the season started, you and I, he has all the leverage, and he can play the waiting game, even after – suffering the horrific injury that he suffered this season. Do you think any differently from that? No, it's all, that's all truth. Is there any reason in your mind that Dak would want to rush to the table and negotiate a new long-term deal in the next week, two weeks, month, or before free agency even begins? Hell, before they even announce what the new cap value will be. 
because at one point we were told that the cap would drop to 175 million, no lower than that, according to an agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA. And now we're being told, as per a report from Mike Forio, that the cap could be as high as $195 million. If I'm Dak Prescott, why in the world would I sign any deal before I know the answer to that question? Yeah. And the longer he waits, right, the more information that may potentially come out about the massive TV contracts and other deals that are being negotiated by the NFL. Because it's not just TV anymore, right? They're doing streaming deals. They're doing deals with, with potentially buyers like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon. These are much bigger money players than just the CBSs and the ABCs and, and the NBCs and the ESPNs of the world. Right. And they, the projections already say it's going to be you know basically twice as much as the last deal. So you're right. I mean – Dak has all the time in the world at this point. And, and at this point, if you also know that is on the horizon, I might not even be in a rush to sign a long-term deal. I'm this close now. I might as well just say I'm making $38 million again this year. If the same type of catastrophic injury happens to me again, I think I'll still have that type of value. That's and interesting. Me personally, I think Dak Prescott probably would still have close to that type of value. Now, depending on the, you know, catastrophic back to back catastrophic injuries. Okay. If he, if he tears his Achilles or he tears his knee, uh, something that would further constrain his ability to move as he has, you know, been able to do up to this point in his career and stay durable in doing so, then perhaps that would be a bit of a risk. Perhaps that would hinder his value back down to the level of, say, 32 to $35 million. But right now, even after the injury he just suffered, I think he can reasonably ask for $40 million without blinking. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because Jerry's basically said Dak has all the leverage. And I mean, it, it's, I think there's, obvious based on there's you know it's obvious based on the way that they played this year that there's a lot of leverage on deck side i don't think he has all the leverage though because you did know he again, gain I, more did he gain more leverage after this season or lose it because because of the injury one but also seeing what this team is like without him support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Bluechew.com. Do you think he gained more or do you think he lost more? Because I, I think, think he gained he, more. I think he gained more. I think he gained more. Um, but I also, but I, I do think, so I, I do think though, that there's this element of, yeah, I mean, you're how old now and getting older. And so you're, you know, therefore the older you get, the more injury prone you become. And here's your first major injury. And that, Talk you know, about Dak. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he is 26 years old. No, I'm not. I'm not. We're discussing quarterbacks in the playoffs right now that are 20 years older than he is, <laughs> that have been playing in the league for that long. All I'm saying is, this: those quarterbacks don't play the same style that he's playing at, and the older you get, the more likely you are to be injured. That's that's true, right? You're you're able to bounce back quicker when you're younger. He's only getting. I more. don't disagree. I don't disagree. And by the way, I was wrong about that. Dak's 27. So, okay. He's getting older by the minute. Maybe he's getting up there, man. (laughs) Maybe he's getting up there. Oh, wait, Um, he's 28 now. I understand what you're saying. And yes, I mean, that will make you more prone to injury, but Dak isn't a terrible passer. That's what people try to take away from Dak's game. Dak is actually a very good passer. And he has improved in that regard. Okay. I don't think he got to show people this season, the extent to which he has progressed as a pocket passer. Okay. Because I think he had already I thought he already played above his skis beyond his skis when it came to how he threw the ball outside of the pocket on the move. I think he's always done that well. But I think many would argue, and it's been probably the biggest argument or criticism Dak has faced, is that he doesn't look like a prototypical pocket passer. Well, he sure as hell looked like one through the first several weeks of the season when he was leading the league in scoring and leading the league in passing yards and throwing it all over the football field. Let me I can't ask you wait. something. I can't wait to see what he does in 2021. By the way, his birthday's in July, so by the time 2021 rolls around, he will be 28. You are such a bastard. But let me ask you this. If the Cowboys go out and, and bring back the same team with, with a few changes here or there, right, and then they go and draft a bunch of defensive players, are they Super Bowl contenders? Well, they're division winners. If all they do is bring back Dak Prescott, in my mind, uh, they have the best quarterback at the position, and I don't see any of the other teams improving in that department. Uh, They weren't bad enough, right, to find a quarterback that's immediately going to fix what ails them in the draft or be a long-term solution. Their best chances are finding guys off the scrap heap that may want to come play there on a one- or two-year basis, referring to the Washington football team specifically. For the Eagles, they're completely at a loss for what they're going to do. Do they stick with Carson and try to mend that relationship? Or has he already forced his way out, and now they've got to move forward with the Jalen Hurts regime for at least a year or two? And I think the jury's still out on what Jalen is. And then, of course, with what's going on in New York – they still have to ride with Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, for whatever type of stride he might make. And I'm not sure if that's coming. 
to be honest with you. But whatever stride he might make, it's not going to take him to the level of Dak Prescott. So, yes, if Dak Prescott returns next year and all they do is lose the guys that are scheduled to be gone next season and just stay healthy enough to keep Dak upright, they win the division in 2021. That's not to say they're Super Bowl contenders, Ari, because winning the NFC East is a long way from actually competing for the Super Bowl. But you can work your way up to that. Answer my you question. So the, the, the answer is no? I mean, yes, the short answer is no. I want to say it in a way that a Cowboys <laughs> fan might feel hopeful about 2021. No, but this but is yeah, okay. It's okay. Mean, it's okay for to, that. They need to significantly overhaul the defense to give me any real feeling like they could be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I now, agree. Could they, be a team, could they be a team that could put a scare into any football team in the NFL in 2021 just with Dak Prescott back and the three wide receivers that they're going to have and a healthy Tyron and Lyle Collins and Zach Martin and Connor McGovern and the offensive linemen that they found to potentially keep him upright? Yes, that is a team that no football team in 2021 is going to want to see. But if they don't improve the defense – from what you have spoken about several times on this podcast as being the worst defense in Cowboys history, right? Then it's not going to matter how good their offense is. So yes, they can contend with Super Bowl contenders in 2021, but they will not be Super Bowl contenders in 2021 unless they do more than just addressing their defense through the draft. Yeah, I um I agree completely. That was the point of the exercise on Dak because signing Dak's really important, but it's not it, it's not a move that guarantees success in the next year because we kind of already have seen this played out. And I think you know, it's it's before the season started, I said if this defense is average, they'll be Super Bowl contenders. Clearly they weren't average. So what will it take to get this defense to average? Well, actually, can we back up for just a quick second? Of course. I, want to, I do want to discuss that. What will it take to get this defense to just average? But I want to ask you, is it your opinion that if you can't pay the quarterback and immediately have him make you a Super Bowl contender, regardless of the pieces around him, then it's not worth paying that quarterback? No, I'm not of the opinion of that at all. Okay, good. Because – that is what sometimes I feel like I see on a social media stand from a social media standpoint is people are like, well, this team wouldn't be a Super Bowl contender with Dak. And I'm like, well, the Green Bay Packers weren't always Super Bowl contenders with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Does that mean they should have jettisoned Aaron Rodgers for the past 10 years? Well, 2020 would certainly tell you that would have been a mistake. I right? think um, there's the, the there's probably no better application of throwing the baby out with the bathwater than that you know like yeah. yeah i mean does signing dak does signing dak say that you're a super bowl contender probably not but <laughs> does not signing like where are you if you don't sign dak oh my god you're you yes. are you know bad <laughs> bad bad you now team. are the worst division in 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 or you are the worst team in the division right so you're, congratulations you're trying to, to your question about what the defense needs to do I mean, it's three – golly, is it every area? Is there a position of strength on the defense? I like to think that the pass rushers are decent, especially 
with the second half that Randy Gregory gave us, he looks like a guy that we should be thankful right. that the Cowboys were patient with. I still believe Tank is a difference maker. But everywhere else on the defense, man, was impressed with Trayvon Diggs. Very impressed. So glad they brought him back after I railed against it late in the season. But outside of that, they need a run filler in the middle and someone that can bring pressure up the middle. They don't have it. They never found it. They may need to replace both of their high-priced young stud linebackers because one is too fragile and another is too already broken in terms of failing that he's never going to be Let's stop and camp there for a second. Jalen Smith, is he on the football? Is he on the Cowboys in 2021? Cowboys fans, if it was a vote, 80 to 85% of people would be having him off the ship. I think the Cowboys will still be patient with him because, because they don't have an, another answer there. They don't have another answer, and, and Van Der Esch has been too fragile. He's been too injury prone. Like, give Jalen a little bit of credit for a guy who came in with a totally busted up knee. He's actually been pretty dang durable. I'm, I'm cutting Jalen. Um, Jalen post June one counts 2.6 million in dead money and opens up 7 million in, 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 uh, in cap savings post June one. Yeah. Uh, that pre- makes sense to me. That sounds like a deal that makes sense to me, but it only makes sense if I've already made the contingencies contingency plan. Right. And it's difficult to make the contingency plan because you can't spend that $7 million he's going to save you, right? Unless you do that in March and then designate him as a post-June one. But right. I don't see them doing it like that. I mean, you're right in terms of like, okay, I mean, this is still a guy that's out there for a bunch of snaps. Like there is value there. You know what I mean? Like I, I think you're right in pointing out that like there's not zero value in Jalen Smith, but I just – Maybe I think sniff I can around improve. the league and see what other thing, what other teams think of his value. And I just that's think always can... the truest test, right? Right, right. If he has value, then you could get a sixth for him, and Cowboys would probably flip that in a heartbeat. But the problem is, I don't think at that contract you could get a sixth for him. No, probably not. The Cowboys, by the way, they're at about 181, I believe million into next year already and and you mentioned this before but like the cap floor is at 175 and it could be 190 i think that's probably a more realistic it was it was almost 200 million this year so it's going to go down probably 10 million but i mean they're going to have to restructure and make some cuts you know like they're they're going to have to figure out ways to free up free up some money here somewhere yeah and i mean it's kind of a lot of the big name candidates um I don't think Tank is on that list, but if you want to have a difficult conversation about what cutting Ezekiel Elliott might mean, I think it's still one year too early based on his contract and the amount of dead money. Yeah. Um, Tyron Smith is an interesting name that's been brought up. Now, some people have suggested that he might consider retirement. I would doubt that. Uh, in my interactions with Tyron Smith, he's a pretty quiet guy, but he's a pretty proud guy. And 
I'm not so sure he would just hang it up um, after the struggles that he's had from an injury standpoint. Well, and last year, remember, he bounced back in a really good year last year after everybody had kind of slept on him. So, like, at this point, based on what I have invested in, in, in Tyron Smith, I mean, you could, you could cut him post June one and he he's it's 3.5 million uh, in dead money and 10.5 in, in cap space. But I just, I, I would just rather like, I'd, I'd just rather bring him back at that money and, and see if I can get, you know, get him back to what he was a couple of years ago, because this is still, yeah. I mean, this is still a hall of fame left tackle, <laughs> you know, like, and you don't have anybody else on your roster that could do what he can do when he's healthy. Yeah. You don't No. There are, there are very few players in the National Football League who can do what he does when he's healthy. Yeah. I am interested, though, if they would consider um, any – I, I know Zach is an all-pro guard, you know, an all-NFL guard and one of the best. But I wonder, because of how valuable that tackle position is, I wonder if that's something they would give a little bit more consideration to long-term, especially if a guy like Lyle Collins would be better served playing guard. Well, or guy on the inside, I think um, one of the, one of the major positives of this season is how much, you know, the emergence of, um, Connor McGovern, you know, of, of yeah, Tyler, Knife, Steel. Like, I think we saw enough from some of these guys to where I can plug in guys in the interior, you know, if, if I want to move somebody. Yeah. You feel good about the depth at the position, which is, you know, Unfortunately, based on what I'm reading and what I've seen in the college ranks, this is actually going to be a pretty decently deep draft from an offensive lineman standpoint. You may be able to get starters on day three. So I don't know. That makes me a little bit like, uh, is it not the best thing to have all these up and coming young offensive linemen that you already feel like you've given a little bit of ring to, uh, you've given a little bit of, uh, you know, rope to, to now you feel entitled, not entitled, but uh, tied to right. these players and, and maybe not willing to take those positions. But at the same time, you know, they have so many other positions that need to be addressed. The secondary will need to be addressed again in a more prominent way. That's the most and important thing. And will they thing. finally do it at the safety position, a position they've neglected for so many years? I hope so. I still yeah. hold out hope for that. I just don't. I don't believe it's going to happen because the same people are still in charge. And based on their philosophical musings that have been passed down to you and I from people that have spent time in that organization, um, it doesn't seem like they're changing off of that idea that safeties just don't make that big of a difference in today's NFL. I don't agree with that sentiment. But it's just crazy how you can watch the 2020 Cowboys and feel that way. Like I just I don't know how that's possible. I don't. No idea how that's possible. I, I would hope the best part to come out of this season would be that. That it finally like shoved Steven Jones's nose in it. Like, here, smell that. How bad does that mm. smell? That's really mm. bad. Mm. Because to me, as much as you know, you don't have much cap flexibility. Like this team is signing a safety and free agency away from being a Super Bowl contender, like along with investing major draft capital into the secondary. But like it's been like this for years. The Cowboys have not 
entertained any notion of trying to upgrade the safety position whatsoever. And I just, you know, I'm just at the point right now where it's like, this team is really good offensively. The thing holding them back so much so is their defense, specifically the back end of their defense, which just was atrocious this year. And you certainly you can say, okay, Donovan Wilson can play. He's a strong safety, but he can't cover. So you need a, you need a really good free safety that can make up for a guy like Donovan Wilson that can't cover. If they do that this offseason, the Cowboys spend significant draft capital on defense and bring in a high-profile, quote-unquote, free agent and safety. They're Super Bowl contenders. But if they don't, well, we're going to see the same. We're going to see similar things to what we saw this year, which is at times a really good offense, but an offense that's always having to outscore the opposition because the defense just can't get stops and has no margin for error and, and on and on and on. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I just don't know if they're committed enough to do that. Yeah. We know how Jerry reacts to the shiny toy when it comes to draft day. And that's not to suggest that Jerry, you know, it's always Jerry way, Jerry's way or nothing when it comes to the draft room. We know that's not true. And that hasn't been true for several years. It's a lie perpetrated by people in the media that want to make the Cowboys look dumber than they are. Okay. They look, they look dumb enough on their own in some instances where they don't need your help. Okay. But when you talk about investing significant capital, they're going to be selecting 10th in the 2021 draft. So that means their second round pick will be somewhere in the forties, right? 42. And then the third round pick will be around the seventies. Will they invest three picks into their defense? Cause to me, those will be the significant picks of their draft and anything after that, that they find is kind of luck slash fortune. Hmm. Will they invest three times in a row at those positions defensively? I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. Doubt it. I'd be, I think they'd be more apt to probably take a tight end in one of those first three rounds than they would to take a safety. Right. And that's with the emergence of Dalton Schultz this season. Yeah. Well, this was a fun season, Roy. I enjoyed working with you. Um, this is certainly the end of the road for now for broadcasting the boys, but make sure to stay tuned to the blogging, the boys podcast network. And of course, blogging for details on the off season plan for podcasts. Um, of course, make sure to subscribe uh, and follow Roy on Twitter at RW3. You can follow me on Twitter at RE Sports, A-R-I Sports. But for now, Roy. I just want to say thanks for anchoring such a great podcast, Ari. It's been a pleasure working with you, sir. And uh, to a brighter future ahead to you, man. As for me, I hope I'll still get to be doing something on blogging the boys. So uh, hopefully check me out in the future. But yeah. Ari, you'll still be in my thoughts, my buddy. It's been a lot All of fun best to you in this capacity, and hopefully we'll get to do it again soon, my friend. I hope so, brother. Take care, man. <laughs>